0: You're listening to Key Conversations. I'm your host, Key Reed. This is the podcast where we sit down and talk with entrepreneurs and other interesting personalities and hey, whoever else I want to talk to, because it's my show and I can. In today's episode, we speak with Tony Moore, owner and founder of Legally Chic. Hello everyone. We have on the line Miss Tony Moore attorney at law so welcome to key conversations podcast thank you for joining us today Tony thank you for having yourself yeah no problem my
1: my name is Tony I am a 20 plus year attorney I uh, Mm. I'm actually from uh, Harrisburg Pennsylvania smaller village part of uh, Pennsylvania so I'm from Harrisburg I got a chance to go to a place called the Milton Hershey School for three years, which absolutely changed my life. But that's another conversation. Uh, wow. After I graduated, I went to um, after I graduated, I went to University of Penn for four years, and then I went to the Temple University School of Law, and I love love I loved um, I loved arguing, but. When I got a chance to go to law school, I realized that law was a little bit more than just, you know, um, criminal law and divorce and bankruptcy. So I was just like, ooh, I'm going to do, I want to learn how to do rich people law, you know. So I started <laughs> learning a little bit more about rich people law, which was estate planning and taxes. So wow. I graduated okay. in mm-hmm, 98 and from... Temple Law School, but it was called Temple, and then I probably like uh, during it between ninety eight and two thousand and two, three. I actually started um, a couple of things. I worked at a firm, hated it, then left my firm. Nobody ever told me that you don't leave like a six figure job and start your business and with no clients, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to. I learned that the hard way ended up going back to a firm and started uh, family law because people said oh you're such a nice person that was the worst thing ever but it was the best thing ever because I got a chance to help
0: people so wait Mm -hmm. stop so for those of the for those on the line that are listening to this podcast listen to what she just said she said that she started off in a firm she left that firm to start her own business and then she went back yes she went back to the firm so for those of you on your entrepreneurial journey and you find out that it's not working it's okay to go back even if it's temporarily it's okay it's okay i just wanted to go back and really reiterate that
1: absolutely definitely go back i didn't know that's why i'm a big proponent of planning so Mm -hmm. i went back and i didn't like it as much um so I started taking classes on tax side of law and learning about employee benefits. And then eventually I left the firm and went over to work at a governmental entity called the Department of Labor on the federal level. We've heard of and it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a lot of people didn't hear about this part is the Employee Benefit Security Administration. So that part of the DOL is um, less about prevailing wage, fair labor standards, Uh, most people um, don't hear about it, but it talks more about the defined benefits like pension plans, 401k plans, and that type of stuff. So I love, love, love that area. Um, I did it for almost 15 years, doing like investigations on, on business fraud and investigations oh, no. when a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good though. Um, when it, some and, and most people don't know that they're defrauding the government, so they may be um, they may be violating the code, and that's as far as the law is concerned. That's business fraud. You know, Uh-oh. so a lot of people just, they just didn't know. They were just like, oh, we didn't mm-hmm. know. We just needed yeah. to borrow some money. And it was a pile of money. I was like, yes, yeah, fraud, you know, that could lead up to uh, jail time. So I got a oh, chance wow. to do that and talk to individuals and stuff like that. And the whole time, my whole, th- so the whole time, my whole thing was like, I just want people to know the rules mm-hmm. because when they know the rules, they can either blow if they're employees or they cannot violate the rules, and so, you know, uh, you know they can't violate the rules, and they can actually up-level. Because that's really why we want to start a business anyway, right? It's just to make right. money using our brilliance and not have to work, at, you know, $20 an hour when we know that we're probably worth more than, like, $500 an hour, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. so it was a journey for me because I didn't want to settle. I was just like, mm-hmm. it, I was almost like Cody locks. Yeah, this is not it. Let me see if there's something else. No, nah, this is not it either. You know, so every two mm-hmm. years I like, like leave a firm or I'd be like, I'm going to go out on my own. And I did a couple of multi-level uh, marketing uh, companies as well, because I was just like, mm-hmm. this is not, I didn't go, I didn't go this far from, you know, I, I, I grew up in the projects and I was in, in foster care for a while and then mm-hmm. I had foster okay. care foster care is when you're not living with mom and dad. You're living with grandmom and godmom, and whosoever will allow you to sleep on their floor or their couch. Mm-hmm. So, I lived there until I got a chance to go to Milton Hershey School. So,
0: wow. So it wasn't was, it wasn't an easy journey for you. So um, it sounds like you had a tough upbringing, but you you still came out on top. You were able to, you know, still prevail and rise above. Um, your Your environment and you know what you came from. Sometimes people use that as an excuse to mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, run amok and you know, yeah, commit crimes and things like that. So I did. I yeah. was not aware um, of, of your background. That's really commendable. I'm glad you were able to rise above that. Wow. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And so.
1: You know, that's what I do. I either show up to let them know that it's not our beginnings. It's literally what we choose that is right for us. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm always, I guess, because of my upbringing, I'm always like the, en- the little diva that could, like the engine that could. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hey, if, if there's an opportunity, if there's a desire, then you can just keep on rising to the top. Law, right. whatever, business you know, bullying,
0: whatever it is. So I love doing what I do. So now, so what exactly, because you named a lot of different fields that, you know, you pursued, what exactly are you specializing in now um, that would be beneficial for entrepreneurs?
1: So for the most part, for entrepreneurs, I like helping people form their business. I actually have this program called Start Right, Get Right. Where you're, I help people form businesses because sometimes people think that they form business by coming up with a DBA and an EIN number and, and they don't know the rules and so they get caught or until they have to file for bankruptcy because they're over their head. Oh. So I, all of the stuff that I did before, is like, oh, my God, tell you did so much. It actually, it's interesting. It actually prepared me to help my, my entrepreneurs who happen to be people. You know, um, I get phone calls uh, for my entrepreneurs on how do I start a business or they have questions with regards to a lot of questions on trademarking, a lot of questions mm-hmm. with regards to um, working with others, whether it's with a, a virtual assistant. Or with their cousin or family members, which, oh, man, that could be a chapter in and of itself. Um, So, or they have questions with regards to nonprofits, you know, so I always tell people, like, at the end of the day, I'm using my gifts and talents, leveraging all that I know to help creatives, creativepreneurs build their business using their brilliance.
0: Right. And Mm -hmm. um, I always, and I had to learn this the hard way, I think I'm just learning after being in business for several years, that, you know, I know that a lot of times we we as entrepreneurs, you know, we're just starting off in business. We don't really have a lot of capital um, to maybe hire a lawyer or an attorney, but some things you really, really can't skip on, and you need to get the professional advice um, Mm -hmm. of, you know, the advice, excuse me, of a professional. Um, some things you, the the laws are so um, cloudy. Sometimes you can't understand what it is that you need to do. And um, I just want to throw out there that Tony is actually licensed to practice law in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania. For those that are listening in that area, um, sometimes you know you can't do it alone, and some things you really can't skimp on because. If you do something incorrectly the first time in the IRS or someone double back and mm-hmm. sues you, you know, it, it can be devastating for, you know, something minor that could have been, if it was prepared the right way, could have been avoided. So, um, you know, you have to think about that when you're starting out in business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ab- absolutely,
1: absolutely. And I know it's hard for creatives. We just want to get it started. Or some yes. people start a business because they have this great idea or they were having a side hustle and now they're monetizing it or, you know, maybe they lost their job or there's a divorce. Some people are like, you know what, I always wanted to do this. Now I'm divorced, my kids are grown, I get a chance to do me, right? So I, I get it. It's it's just a matter of I like the I love the law so much that I look at it more like a game. Like business mm-hmm. is a game. I used to play basketball for like over six years. I'm almost six feet tall, so I was a sinner. And mm-hmm. so we had the, you know, you're on offense and defense, and that's how business is as well. You're, you're either offense, trying to make money, or you're defending, defending, mitigating your damages and making sure people don't screw you out of your money. And then you yes. have the regulators who serve as the referees, and there's rules, like there's rules of the game, believe it or not. And some people are like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know, like someone was like, Tone, I'm working with family and I have employees. So I'm like, bet, you know, I'm going am gonna help them out with that. And the employees are really like under the table people. So I'm not even talking mm. to her about 941. I'm just like yeah. really nervous about, well, shoot, they, they under the table. If somebody, you know, sees them as employees which is different than independent contractors, which is different than interns, if you actually have employees, then you need insurance, you know, unemployment insurance,
0: yes. mm-hmm. and
1: also workers' comp. You don't have that. Workers comp, Not having workers' comp in um, Pennsylvania is a criminal violation. I actually did a live <gasps> oh stream goodness. about that. Yes, ma'am, I did a live stream about it, and I had people look at their state statute, right, because I, I can't really talk to other people about their state except for Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and probably soon to be yes. New York. But um, okay. everybody saw across the board that, oh, my God, it's a viola- it's a criminal violation where nobody wants to be that, like uh, Most people are probably violating the law and not even know what, not you not know, know, how, that. yeah, the full extreme of it, the full weight of violating the law. So I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I need you to know the rules, right? So with regards to some people are thinking, oh, I can, I can do that, or oh, I can fudge on the numbers. And that kind of really messes people up on the long run. Because mm-hmm. there's this woman, she's like six figures. She's making six figures, six figure, six figure, right? And then I was like, did you ever think about doing, working with the government? She was like, oh, I didn't know I could do that, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, well, you need your tax returns, and, you know, working with the government. I actually know someone who helps people, you know get certified in New Jersey, and that's a backdoor for working with the government, right? She didn't file her taxes
0: in more than 10 years. Oh, no. And she was a business? Yeah. She's in business. Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: So, Uh you know, so she was kind of shocked when she started filing her tax returns because most, you know, most certifications, they want to see what you, they want to make sure that you're complying with the law before you start making money from the government. (laughs) And so she ended up screwing herself out of like a a, a good piece of change because, Mm -hmm. you know, there was actually a, a, a request, a proposal out there, procurement requests, and they were looking for someone just like her. So, you know, even though she was under the radar, she screwed herself in the end
0: Mm hmm Wow, wow. She missed out on opportunity. Wow. So what is the biggest mistake that you see um, entrepreneurs make? I know they make a lot of mistakes, but what is something that you consistently see (laughs) where you just shake your head and you just say, oh, my goodness, this is happening more times than it should? For for me, um,
1: I see that most people are choosing the wrong entity. I'm a big proponent Mm. of starting the business that you can control, period. Okay. Point blank, boom, period. So some people, this one group contacted me because they wanted to get um, investments and shareholders and they wanted to, uh, you know, get their friends and family to invest in their company. Great, great, right? Um, And I was just like, so are they going to do a loan? They're like, no, we're thinking about selling shares and I was like oh to your friends and family well there's a rule with regards to sh- selling shares to your friends and family but you still got to do your financial due diligence you still have to figure out with regards to the business valuation and if there, you can't really do the stocks and stuff like that like what we hear IPO only because of the fact yes. that there's a F- SEC factor right so when I start looking at them they had just started and they did not have a board like um excuse me how is it that you're a corporation and you don't have a board they're like what do you mean oh no and there but you say that but there's a lot of people who start corporations because they think it sounds good or someone says hey if you want investors you need incorporation but they don't truly Mm -hmm. understand that if you don't comply with the law, you won't be covered by the law i'll say that again If you don't comply, if you're out of compliance with the law, you can't get covered by it, meaning that if someone sues you, you can possibly be on the other side of, um, well, not even on the other side, but what what will happen is that most people file corporations and file limited liability companies because they want to manage, mitigate their risk, reduce the risk, limited liability. But if they don't follow the rules, then that allows the other person, because this is a game, to pierce that corporate veil. So not following the rules become your kryptonite. Like you can be the Superman and the superhero for everybody. And you could be like, well, I said this and I said that, and I chose my way and I did my own destiny. But if you end up on the wrong side of the law, then a violation become your kryptonite, meaning that not only can the plaintiff when they win can they not only get all the assets of your company but all your personal assets as well. Wow. And and some people think, Oh well I'll just switch over. Well guess what? I tell people all the time, because most people don't know the rules, because they set up their companies on LegalZoom, which by the way are not attorneys, it's just a legal computer, you know filling that mm. stuff out for you so LegalZoom is just as much as you just going to New Jersey State and going <laughs> to uh, Pennsylvania Corporation and doing it yourself you know yeah. you're not getting wife counsel so that really doesn't help you out mm. so for me and then I have people who are in the nonprofit, but then they want to make profit I was like why didn't you just become a limited liability company they're like oh because I wanted to help people out
0: you can help people out as a limited liability mm. company But you know what? Nonprofits get a lot of breaks in life. They get a lot of breaks. They get, like, as um, an event producer, I know that if I say that I'm a nonprofit, sometimes people will come and they will speak for free just because you're a nonprofit. And people Mm -hmm. tend to give more money to nonprofits also. I've seen people open up nonprofits and then live off the excess money. Oops, I didn't say that. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Yes. It happens.
1: Well, they here's pull the a
0: thing. salary. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. The no, way no, no, You pull a salary, you, you know. So
1: you can pull a salary. I, 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 I have clients, when they get to a certain point in business, they actually do the trifecta, which I believe, is you have a make money business. And then you also have a holding company business that's holding your assets, non-operational. And then you also do good. You know, you do well. And now you give good and you set up a, your a whole non-profit entity. You know, there's different ways of, 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 of playing this business game. It's not just one way, you know. You could play offense. You could play defense. You know what I mean? You could sit <laughs> mm-hmm. certain people on the bench. So with the yeah. non-profit, oh. the, the, the key is, and you can make money from nonprofits. Most people are like, oh, I can't make money. I said, who said that lie? You know what I mean? Right, a right, non-profit right. is a company. The only difference is that you can't. If you make a hundred, if if you make a hundred thousand dollars in your nonprofit extra, that's really for your program that you told the world. I'm taking your money and I'm going to feed the hungry, or I'm going to help people get their life, or I'm going to go into schools and teach financial literacy. So if you're getting this accumulation of money and now you're like, oh shoot, I got extra hundred thousand, I'm gonna give myself a ninety nine thousand dollar bonus. You can't do that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so that's good. the first big mm-hmm. mistake that people do is with yeah. regards to form, formation and not mm-hmm. not forming the right company that they can control. Baby steps mm-hmm. all the time. You know, it, for me, the easiest is a limited liability company. Because yes. if it's just mm-hmm. you, yourself, and God, then all you need is one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yep, yep. Yeah. And okay. then you can play.
1: Yeah, you can mm-hmm. pick different entities. Yeah. You could be like uh, get tax treatment as an S corp or C corp. But at least mm-hmm. in the beginning, if you know nothing, but you just want to take that leap of faith and you want to bank your brilliance, limited liability company,
0: limited, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, let something else that's um, thrown around a lot, and um, I know you and I talked about it, but you know our listeners haven't heard our, you know, are not privy to our conversation. Um, So when should a business name get trademarked? And I know that this is not like a surface answer, but just give us the high-level answer of when a business, because I see it all the time. And I think people don't know the difference between trademark and copyright. I see it all the time. Someone Mm. said to me, I can trademark your business for $100. And I was like looking at them like, what? Like people are actually telling and people that are not, you know, versed in business believe that that they're getting their businesses trademark for a hundred dollars. People are confusing the copyright and trademark um, thing. Yes, yes, definitely. So the
1: <clears throat> excuse me. So the trade a copyright. Just so when they're listening to it, they're, they're they now they know a copyright is something that you register on um, something that you've recorded, you create it uh, that is like a recipe that's not from Betty Crocker and you put butter. It's something that you taste it and you create it on your own. Mm -hmm. I was, um, helped out my music, my musicians. Now I do a lot more with everybody, but you know, my husband is a musician. So for over 20 years, I've been learning more about music and music law and I've create my own books and created my own music. and I get my little royalty checks now. I feel little with BMI. I, oh I wow! Excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You're Yeah. Writer? So, um, yes, ma'am.
0: Wow. So, okay.
1: um, hmm So, I'm charting too, honey. You know. So, um, wow. I guess you can't reveal yeah. that. Is it confidential? Huh? No, no, no. It's like. You know, people, it's not like big-time people, but they are big-time in their own right, and they're rising, right, and they're right, charting, right. And, right. and stuff like okay. that. So, okay. yeah, so one of the songs is on YouTube as well. It's called Somebody, you know, and Vera Brown is, like, really doing... She she was just like, I we came up with that song. We co-wrote it together. My husband added some tracks to it, and so that was a copyright. That was something that we uh-huh. created from our brilliance, and we're all joint owners of the song, right? Let me try uh, to get a royalty check. I'm getting a royalty <laughs> check. I actually wrote this other song for this young guy named Chris Hopson. He's up and coming. And we wrote this song called Get Out of Your Own Way. And so his mom is, like, she's in the know, and she's like, this is going to get a Grammy. You know, and she probably uh-huh. will. And I was like, "Let," you know, so, but that's all copyright. It's something that we created from a brilliance. Whereas, right. okay. A trademark is like a tagline, right? It's like a tagline, a catchphrase. It's like a business label. I tell people all the time, think of it something that you put on your product or your service or your conference, right? So the, a, a copyright, you can go to copyright.gov. I'm not stingy with the brilliance. It costs probably about $55, you know, and I tell people all the time, you need to copyright your Your brilliance, your your copyright, your genius, copyright, your creativity, because of the fact that, Mm -hmm. first of all, our ancestors had a lot of intellectual property that people stole from them. And now that we have Uh the freedom, we need to own that because it's ours. It's our God-given talents and our gifts. We've leveraged it. We recorded it. And let's might as well monetize it. So if someone wants to use a sample with our creativity, they're going to have to ask our permission or we're going to shut them down. But it's it's better when you register because now I don't have to prove that you knew it was mine once it's registered. See, that's that Mm -hmm. extra step that people don't want to do, but it protects your assets. I'm always telling people, paper is your prophylactics that protects your assets, right? Yes, yes. So a trademark is similar in that it's a product or service, whether it's a coaching program, whether it's alcohol, you know, that's a, a trademark class, whether it's mm-hmm. um, a journal, people like journals, so that's a trademark class, uh, whether it is, um, um, what is it, like a, a movie, you know, trademark class, a book series like Harry Potter, trademark class, all of that stuff is like something that people came uh-huh. up with. I'm a creative, so I get it. Like, when we're waking up in the middle of the night, we're like, oh, my God, I'm going to do Legally Chic. That was me. That was like a late-in-the-midnight-hour type of thing. And I went to, once again, I'm not sending you with this brilliance, with the USPTO.gov to make sure no one else used it. And that's where people, which is different than copyright.gov, so it's USPTO.gov, and that's where the patent and the – the trademark, are registered. So that's a big difference. And it's not something that you create. See, a tagline, a name, the the government said that's not the same as creating. It's not like you're laboring. It's not like you're coming up with stanzas and bridges and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's not like you you created a picture, a blog post. So that's a trademark. So it has to be in a trade or business, not a catchphrase that you think is hot. Remember when everybody was doing, I don't know, eyebrows on fleek? Yes. A couple or, of years ago, people, and the one girl, uh, she was
0: like, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. That fleek, the fleek. And um, yes. so the girl was like, I came up with it first, but dude, you wasn't, you wasn't doing it in a trader business. You just came up with a catchphrase. So you're not protected just because you come up with a catchphrase, but because we have unalienable rights to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness with dollar signs on the end, you know, then <laughs> that's why your brilliance is protected in business. So, That's why I always tell people, if you ask me, Tone, when's the best time to do it? The freaking best time to register or at least to do your due diligence to check to make sure that you are not violating someone else's is as soon as you think about it. Wow. Because the worst thing in the world is to get to the point where someone someone that you never heard of and never known ends up telling you to cease and desist using their stuff. Oh, my because goodness. Because they filed it first.
0: I had yeah. someone,
1: there was this group, I don't know whatever came of it, because, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm not getting paid, then I'm only going to go so far with you, right? So, yes. mm-hmm. I'm, hey, business, right? Yeah, so yeah. The, um, she had a couple of people who were interested in her company. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited for you. I'm not going to go into details because I'm about to, you know, slash her. But unfortunately... What happened was, what had happened was, she found out that her name was one name off from another company, which wouldn't be so bad in trademark world, but for the mm-hmm. fact that they do the same thing. Oh no! So, so this is a trademark lesson. If you're in the same class, like hairdressers and hairdressers, same class, um, cosmetic and cosmetic, same class. Uh, coaching program and coaching program, same class. Whereas I could be in a different class, like Legally Chic is for legal services, right? But there's a woman and it's out of Italy, Italy, who uses Legally Chic for fashion branding. I I personally can't see how that's Mm -hmm. done, but we share the same brand. (laughs) We just share it in different Mm -hmm. areas. I'm doing it in law because I want people to be more focused on their bottom lines or just as focused on their bottom lines as they are with their bread bottoms, and she liked Legally Chic as well. So, you know, that's how, you know, we're both sharing it. But if she was Legally Chic uh, an attorney, I would send her very nicely a cease and desist because I've been Legally Chic Mm -hmm. for about three years now. You see how that goes? Yes. Yeah. And then patents, since we're talking about intellectual property anyway, then patents is when you're doing something that is so – different you know with regards to uh, a new product not the same thing but you're doing something that is making a huge difference and it's noticeable and it's making a difference for the rest of the world like once upon a time we had pencils but then someone was genius and came up with mechanical pencils and then someone was even more genius and came up with a a different variety of pencils. You know what I mean? And then someone said, well, you do a mechanical pencil. I'm going to do a mechanical pen with a highlighter. Boom. You know? And then somebody else was like, well, you got the blue pen and the black pen, but I'm going to come up with the green, yellow, purple, blue pen all in one. Remember those back in the day? Yeah, so that would be patents. So there's different types of patents, whether it's a user, you know, a use, the different use patent, and then there's a design patent. Since I play in the fashion lane, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who are protecting their designs, you know, with a patent. Whether mm-hmm. like Burberry, not to speak about them because of the whole new yeah. situation, but you know, Burberry with their patterns, they don't, nobody else yeah. can copy that, you know, because it's not a use. It's their
0: design, and you, as soon as mm-hmm. you see it, you know that's a Burberry, yeah, you know? Well, something interesting that's going mm-hmm. on, um, the Kardashians do a lot of this trademarking type of thing. I know that Kris, um Jenner was trying to trademark the name Momager. Now, how it worked out, I'm not sure. Mm-mm, and then yes. I saw that uh, her daughters but, were trying to actually trademark their, their kids' names because they're so unusual, like Northwest and Stormy. Right whatever, and then um, there was a whole fiasco last week about Kim Kardashian wearing um, that dress to whatever show, and then it was, like, copied in, like, 24 hours, so now she's suing them, but I don't believe that she, it's not her design, it's a designer, another designer, but I don't know how she can sue, and I don't know if that designer actually has a patent, like, um, patents can take years,
1: right? So... (laughs) Remember, remember, it's still a, it would be called a design patent, mm-hmm. and a design patent has to be something like, <clears throat> like tor- like Burberry, you know, where mm-hmm. it's not the same. It's hard to protect yourself, and I even put a lot of stuff on Instagram, but it's hard to protect yourself as a designer of as a fashion designer because someone is going to copy it. The best thing that you can do, at least to stop them or at least to stumble them, is to copyright your pattern. Like your sketch, I was like, hell, if you have to, yes. you know, put all your sketches copyrighted mm-hmm. because. Now you can see, because first of all, you need standing in court to establish that it was your brilliance that created it, not someone else's, right? So when I saw Kim right. Kardashian, I was like, "You're not even a designer." Actually, there right. was another person. He um he first um previewed that, released that back in 1998. You know, wow. and then so I she was wearing. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was wearing a vintage gown, the exact same gown, but it's a 1998 version. And, you know, she didn't design it. And it's always interesting because Kim is usually always being sued because allegedly she's copying someone else's. Then That's it, you know, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But fashion is still a little different than, you know, uh, other things. Because fashion is like the same, as quick as you put it out there, is the same as somebody else can go and copy it. So, you have to establish that it's it's not like something that you need as far as like the red bottoms. You know what I mean? That was the design. Right. That was distinctive. You don't need red bottoms that have shoes, right? So um, I was thinking, well, how can someone establish that it's theirs? Well, remember, uh, I'm a little older, so I was thinking I was about to say, remember Benetton? How they came up with their own different. Oh no, different... I
0: remember Benetton. Mm-hmm. I okay, remember Benetton.
1: so there's... yes. Okay. So, yep. so Benetton came out with their, their designs and you knew it was Benetton, but then Coochie came out and theirs was kind of similar, reminded me of Benetton, but it was still different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like you play in that area, you play in that zone of grace without copying, but sometimes people don't care. Like I like looking at, cause probably cause I'm a legal nerd, but the fashion brands, the fashion houses are always suing other people. Like for instance, I'm still waiting for mm. Fendi to sue
0: Fenty. I'm
1: just like it's so close. Mm. And Rihanna has Please been be shut Fenty. down a couple of times. Okay, makeup. okay. No, at one time it was makeup. Now she's doing sunglasses and she's got clothing and oh, you know. I didn't it's know long- that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you first look at it when you did Fendi Fenty, it was just makeup, but now Fenty, if you look, because I looked it up when she start, when Rihanna starts suing her daddy, I, being once again a legal nerd, was like, well, let me see what classes she put out there, so she's kind of like 15 different trademarks, none of them are in the business services class, so I was like, technically he could do it, right, but then I start looking at Fenty Fendi and Fenty, and I'm like, ooh, it's just a matter of time when
0: Finn D. tells Finn T. to stay in their lane. Yeah, 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 because that, I mean, that is her last name, I believe. Right, but having
1: your Yikes. last name, I, I actually have a friend who makes jewelry, um, and Christian, and her name is, her last name is Dior. Well, do you know, she started uh-huh. making jewelry, and yeah, Dior contacted her and was like, by the way, <gasps> we have this trademark, Oh no! Don't, don't play. Go ahead. Mhm. So it's just a matter of see that. So that's why when people are like, "Well, when should a lawyer get involved?" When you decide to take a leap of faith in the road that you've never been on.
0: Let me just tell you. If Dior contacted me, I think I would go hide underneath a rock. I would be very afraid. <laughs> Oh, they don't Very play. Afraid. You yeah. can make
1: money off of these the whole trademarks. First of all, because it's your brilliance, you bank your brilliance in business, and then you allow yourself. It's not even about that, because who wants to hustle for the rest of their life? Then you can leverage that trademark, you know, and you could be in different parts of the world making coin from royalty checks. You talking about respect in a check? Give me a royalty check. I did nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm still making money off the stuff that I did five years ago. Passive
0: income. Yes, absolutely. Wow, wow. So this is just so much, um, so much knowledge from this call, so much to think about. Do you ever have any events or courses where you can teach us entrepreneurs, give us guidance? Well, I, I am actually, um, I, 2019,
1: I said I was going to definitely show up more. It was kind of hard initially because I do have a practice, and then I do side um, financial fraud investigations, you know, still. <clears throat> and then on top of that, I was teaching for 10 years over at Eastern University. I was teaching legal wow. form, formation. I was teaching advocacy, and I was teaching leadership. So. 2019 I'm like I'm free at last I get a chance to do my own workshop so you know I'm a I'm a woman you know and I have gravitated in the space of boss lady so we are going to do a boss lady workshop on uh, on just running your business like a boss on April thirteenth in Philadelphia. So I'm really excited about that. I'll start sharing more, um, nice, probably nice. in the next couple of weeks or whatever. But I figure if 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 nothing else, if I can give back, I can't have all this brilliance and not share it with people, right? And so um, I'm going to do some live performances where people can definitely have that um, information. Plus, I get a chance to speak. So when I speak, anytime I get a chance to speak, I I call myself edutaining because I give people, like, some stories that they can remember. But then I sneak in some techniques that, you know... But for me, being able to talk to them, they probably would have never heard of, you know. So I do as much as I can because I'm like, first of all, but for the grace of God, I am here. You know, people opened the door for me because I was originally a bad girl who most people was going to throw me away. And so when people started investing in Mm -hmm. me and opening the doors for me, then, you know, I'm just very grateful because they didn't always have to do that. So this is mm-hmm. kind of like my way of giving back. Like they didn't have the brilliance. They didn't have the knowledge. They didn't go to Penn. They didn't go to University of Penn. At one point, all I needed was a hot meal or all I needed was a house or all I needed was a family. So if I can give back as much as I can,
0: I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tony. Now, yes. I, I, I think I, I know one other black lawyer so um, you are I mean let's face it you are in a very um, the law industry is very Caucasian male dominated Mm -hmm. so how do you um, navigate in this type of industry Um, do you find it hard as a black woman it's it's very hard. I'm 20 years in,
1: going on 21, right, in May. It would be mm. 21. And I will say initially I was in litigation. I was actually at firms where the, the, the partners did not talk to me at all. <coughs> wow. Didn't acknowledge mm, me or that. anything else. Yeah. Or I was in places where, you know, someone would take my case and, you know, and, and shut it down and give it to someone else, especially if they think that it's a winnable case. I'll never forget at this one law firm I was in where I was doing latex litigation um and I kept asking well i'm I'm doing a lot of these questions. I need to know like what what's what's causing these people to break out and why are they getting sick and things of that nature and i was asking I was going to depositions and and these people were not telling me and i i I had an assigned mentor, there's a difference between an assigned one and someone who actually gravitates towards you, she never told me. But then one day, she had a new assignee, and they kind of like Jeff, well, they were both Caucasian women. They, You know, they felt comfortable with one another. So the, the woman sat right next to me because our office is right there. Their office door was open. Mine happened to be open. And then I learned everything in three hours that she wouldn't give me in three months. You wow. know? Wow. Yeah. So it's it's she not is. easy. Yeah, I was at law firms where the secretaries would pick up the phone and would never acknowledge my name and wouldn't even pick up the phone even though they were assigned to me. Um, but it gets to the point where when you get to a point in your life where something is bigger than you. Like when I found out that and I when I went to Penn, I was a African American minor American history major and I learned about, you know, history and I learned about how my ancestors were shut down and and, and, and I started noticing patterns like the same way that they were shut down and the same way that they were demonized or the same way that they were treated as jungle bunnies is the same way that we were. Mm-hmm. Regardless mm-hmm. of what field we're in, some people just will never see us as human beings, right? And so That's very true. when I when I learned about <clears throat> Business law, and and you're right, there's hardly any African Americans in business law. Most of us were in general litigation or criminal law or bankruptcy law or family law, but I wanted to gravitate towards tax law and business law so that I can learn the different nuances of the law because I found out this thing with regards to the civil rights movement. My ancestors really wanted socioeconomic equality. And then I started noticing that in the boardroom, because I would get a chance to take notes, no one was there. No one looked like me in the boardroom. And a whole Mm. bunch of decisions were made. And guess what? When you're not at the table, your decisions aren't even considered.
0: You're not even on the menu. It's not even about the menu. You don't exist. Wow. I don't know if you were able to read uh, Michelle Obama's autobiography. Um, I haven't.
1: I, have I haven't read it yet.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Oh tell goodness. me. You have to read it. I've listened to it on Audible. But um, for those of you that don't know, Michelle Obama is a lawyer. Um, she's, you know, it was educated as a lawyer. And she, um, there's this quote that was floating around that some people were upset at, and she just makes a reference to sitting at that table. Um, I work in corporate also, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, and I've sat at that table where I was the only person of color. I've walked in the rooms where I was the only person of color. And what she said is, um, you know, she said, I've sat at that table, and guess what? They're not really that smart. (laughs) <laughs> and, like you said, you know, you have to read it, though. You really have to read it. Like, I couldn't put it down. Uh, it's a great book. Wow. But you're sitting at these tables with people that are in charge, and you're just like asking yourself, how did they get there? Because they're not mm-hmm. that smart. <laughs> you know, they just have privilege. I can
1: tell you how they get there. My um, husband says it best, and he's, and he's a quiet force, right? He said that because it's usually the, the, the guys, the white guys at the table. Um, he said they are they are the masters of homogeneity. And if we can become mm-hmm. the masters of homogeneity or if, if mm-hmm. nothing else, community, where it's not about being the only one in the room because when you need a vote, you know what I mean? And so you can't be the only person in the room. You have to get alliances. In corporate, you know, I had to start looking around. Like, who can I, who can I get in alliance with? You know, the guys, right. they could, they could be the non-smartest person. Can we say that without being rude? The non-smartest <laughs> person in the world, and they will still post them up. Like it's still a game. You know what I mean? The the right, play right. is to have as many of them, on the court. So, because they know that there's always going to be someone that they're going to lean on, even if it's the secretary, even if it's us girls who have to do their work when they no longer can, but they're at the table. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. 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 Hmm. Interesting. But here's the know. thing
1: the thing about that table, this is what really motivates me is really I'm trying to get more of people that look like me and you and African-American men to get more certified on the women business entity side and the minority business entity side because our ancestors fought very hard for that socioeconomic equality, and most of us are still nickel and diming ourselves because our souls have only been taught to scratch and survive Mm. and we have to get to the point in our lives that we're not supposed to scratch and survive we're supposed Mm. to survive we have the freedom to thrive we're just as smart we have an opportunity a lot of people like oh my mama didn't know my mama didn't know anything she got her ged when she was 35 years old my mom was uh she was a, a woman who was abused. We lived in shelters. We lived in people's basements. But guess what? It still didn't stop me from trying to, my damnedest, to get to the other side of the street. I wanted
0: to call I think they over. just said a word. I think oh. they just said a word. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. I uh, know we're going go to church up in here tonight. Okay, okay. <laughs>
1: yep, yep. Okay. So scratch the words yep, right. and say, I, I tried my hardest to get to the other side of the street. I didn't want to be in the projects. I didn't want to be a statistics. I am mm-hmm. a church girl, and I believe that I could. I was worthy of more. It was just something in my head. I'm like, if God is giving me all these promises, then what do I need to do to get to the other side? And what I'm realizing right. is that we have right. to be more than overcomers. We have to be outliers in our life. We have to be very fixated on the fact that we get a chance to live our promises here. This morning, um, I was thinking, I want to be the change that God created me to be. And if so, if we're supposed to be the head, we're supposed to bank our brilliance, then we have to learn these business rules. So many of us get right. ejected from the game before
0: we can gain. Wow, wow. It's true. We're we're definitely conditioned. I mean, I you know went to school. I had my MBA, and then mm-hmm. um, here I am, entrepreneur. You know, that's what I really want to do. Do you need mm-hmm. to go to school to be an entrepreneur? Not necessarily, but um, you know, that's how we're conditioned. We go to college, and I think that in in these days, we're finding out that um, maybe it's better to have a skill. Than to have a college education, a skill that you can always bank on and fall back on, in case you know you are released from your job or laid off or fired. Um, you know, no one can ever take that skill away from you. You know, especially
1: with your edu- education as with as the MBA. You know, I'm 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 not sure if if you're using like everything because some people are always like, "Well, this was a waste." I'm like, "No, no, no! Your degree wasn't a waste because." Mm-hmm. You get a chance to know formulas. You get a chance to, to recognize, like, continuity planning, strategic planning. You know what I mean? You get a chance to use that mm-hmm. left side of your brain, whereas most people don't. And after a certain point, you only do what you know as opposed to expanding and be like, you know what, there's a formula out there for this. You know what, I read somewhere in mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? Like, when right, I read, right. start reading about out business outliers – I started seeing what are they doing, and ultimately it's it's they're still getting the smart people in the room. Like, you know what I mean? It's only so much that your natural gift is going to take you. You still need the acumen. You still need the strategy. Mm-hmm. You still need to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, focus. You still need to extrapolate some information. You still need to do the team building and the organi- organizational leadership, all of that stuff that people say, "Wow, well, I didn't need that to be an entrepreneur. Right, but I'm right, just right. like, but but now you're even more enhanced, like make Mm -hmm. that degree your superpower,
0: right? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. Doors do fly open when they see that. (laughs) They do fly open. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm just a little bit disgruntled because there's the student loans that come along with that.
1: (laughs) We're not going there. (laughs) I told God, I was like, Lakia, you got to hook a sister up, you know? (laughs) I, I'm, I'm telling you, and he keeps telling me, he was like, you need this amount of people. So lately, this is how I've been looking at it. This is what I owe. Because one of my coaches <laughs> has said, we don't we don't talk about the bad stuff. We talk about the possibilities. We're like, so how much do I need right now? So I said, okay, this is how I owe 100000 But I find out some people younger than me, they owe a lot more than 100000
0: And they didn't even go to law school
1: or have an MBA. Wow.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Because it's another call. (laughs) Wow. So yeah. So who do you look up to as a role model? Who did you look up to as a role model? Mm, Uh, So
1: growing up, it was my godmom. She was a role model for me. Um, She's mm -hmm. in DC. And she was a role model because she was in fashion, you know. And she She kind of like broke some barriers with regards to I'm going to do it fashion, I'm going to do my way, and then she ended up leaving out of Harrisburg to move to D.C., and I always remember how she did this fashion show, and so when I finally got my life four years ago, I was thinking, okay, you're not doing dresses, but you can do books. You're not doing books, but you can do products. If you're not doing products, you can do services. Like what's going to be on your runway for other people to purchase? Isn't that amazing? Like, I saw it as a child. Wow. But it, it really kind of, like, it, it kind of inspired me to be like, okay, I want my own kind of fashion show as to what I can do with regards to Legally Chic. So she definitely inspired me. She had her own voice. She had her own attitude, you know, because I grew up in a very strict religious sect, you know, and she was just like, you know what, you're, you're not going to define me. I'm going to define myself. So, Mm -hmm. and then she also reminded me of Rolona, I think it was, on Good Times.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember.
1: Yeah, I love Rolona. Yeah, Yeah, it was like the freedom, you know. I just love the the bossiness of these women, not like bossy, like I hate men or whatever. But it's just like, this is who I am. So right, it yeah, really yeah. resonated with me as, as a child, and then, and of course, and when I get older, then I became a full manifestation of what once resonated and inspired me. I ended up being that person. And then, mm. then there was Johnny Cochran. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I okay. heard about Johnny Cochran, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, just the whole magnitude mm. of someone who, you know, it wasn't just the, the, the O.J. Simpson, the but OG he was doing was right. so much mm-hmm. more. Yeah, he was just doing so much more, had his own Johnny Cochran firm, and he was just like like he was a force to be reckoned with. So I was like, yeah. I want to do that. I, I want to be yeah. that type of person where I'm not in the shadow, but I'm actually, like, literally doing, doing it and doing it well, doing it, like, with boldness and with my brilliance and not asking for permission, which is so different than the way I used to be. You know what I mean? Like, one thing about entrepreneurship, if for anybody who's thinking about it, it's the scariest thing that you can ever do. Yes,
0: it is. Mm-hmm. But it's you also like the best thing. Be. What, what, can yeah. you elaborate on that? What does that mean, like you used to be? Did you used to be very introverted? Um,
1: well, I mean, not to put it out there, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of did, but not really. But um, I wrote this book called Stop Being a Doormat because that's who I was, a doormat to society. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. when you grow up the way I did with abuse and, um, being told to sit down and shut up and be quiet and being told to pretty much like I'm too much that someone wanted to beat that out of me, then eventually Mm -hmm. you just become very quiet and Mm -hmm. you just, and even from a fostered experience where you don't want to get thrown out of the house. So I became more like a Cinderella. Like I would clean, I would cook, I would watch a child. I would just didn't want to just anyone to focus on me because when I mm-hmm. when I, people focus on me, I was either sexually abused or raped or molested or beat. So I didn't have a Sorry. voice. Mm-hmm. However, yeah, but however, when I saw someone else being abused or crying, it was just something inside of me that roared, and I went to their defense. And I never mm-hmm. knew that this roar, this person who I was I didn't know that it was for me as well I just roared for other people and then I would hide back in my shadow
0: mm-hmm. and, and then as a,
1: as a, it was the first time that kind of shook me awake was when one of my sisters shot herself to uh, get her man's attention or he mm-hmm. shot her but we're still not sure because she passed away sorry to <laughs> hear that yeah and then i kind of like was like I had to get my life. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe. Like we go to church and and we're living our life and and we were supposed to have promises and you know we heard testimonies and it never really manifested into our life, my life. So I was kind of like in my own mind valley type of situation for a while, and then I was still trying to help other my other sisters because I'm actually one of eight girls on my mom's side, and I think I have five or six siblings on my biological father's side, but that's a whole messy, messy other story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another Girl, one we of all my... got it. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, yeah. We're in good company. So, mm-hmm. yeah, But for the grace are. of God, right? So mm-hmm. one of my other sisters passed away from domestic violence, um, and she was abused by her husband. And I actually uh, mourned for a whole year when she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um really, I did. I was, you know, I I was just, like, shocked because, you know, she's living her good life, so to, you know, and she's helping other Mm -hmm. women, and she's going home, and she's fighting, and she's drinking, and she's struggling, and she's not leaving the house, and I didn't know anything about any of this stuff until it was towards the end, and, um, and so I was really upset, and when she passed away, I just mourned. And I happened to go to this CLE, which is the Continuing Legal Education Attorneys Have to Take, um, courses on a regular basis to keep up with our license because law is always changing. Mm-hmm. And I found out that a lot of abused women tend to stay with their abusers <coughs> because somewhere they forgot who they were. Mm-hmm. And wow. I just burst out crying. Um, Because I thought about my two sisters, and even my biological mom was an abused woman who nurtured her daughters when they were being abused by bringing Mm -hmm. her back, bringing them to her house and comforting them, and then they would go back to their abusers the next day. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, we can't keep living like Mm -hmm. this. Because if you look at history, my sisters and my mom, they weren't the first women and the only women who were abused. Right. So, right. it's when I woke up. That's when I woke up. Um the pain and the adversity. The adversity so much on other for me, that didn't wake me up, it just made me hide. But when I lost my one of my other baby sisters who was one of my favorites, I I was I was just like, I can't lose another sister. So, yeah. I look at other women as another sister. And so if I can have a conversation and see where they are and where they want to be and what's holding them back, I'm just like, I need to to see you fly. I need to see you soar. I need to see you live your life here on earth before God calls you home. Right, right, right. So so that's why I'm vigilant, and I realize I can empower Mm -hmm. through legal strategies, so that's what
0: I do. Yeah. It sounds like um, you definitely have a passion for this. Um, and probably yes, because of what you faced growing up as a child, um, what do what do you do? Because you you do so much, and you know you pour into others, obviously. So what does Tony do to relax, or in her free time, or while well, she has free time, or Felicia? <laughs> what do you do? What what are some of the things you like to do? So I'm a mom. I have two boys,
1: <clears throat> a fourteen-year-old and an eleven-year-old, so they keep me busy in my mom life. And I've been married for ah uh, twenty years, going on twenty-one to my wow. hubby. Yeah, okay. um, right. that's that's my that's my that's my bub, my 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 homie, lover, friend, you know, my partner. Um, so you know, we like to hang out, hang out with family and things of that nature. Sometimes I do watch Ratchet TV because I, I that's my research. <laughs> that's your research. I need to research. I need to stay relevant. I can't always be in the tax code, okay. and I can't always be, you know, just all about the law. I need to know what other what people like, you know, what other people read about and stuff like yes. that, and think
0: about and talk about. So I feel so old. I just found out tonight at, um, was sitting with some of the parents at my daughter's chorus concert and um, I just found out what drip means I didn't know oh I just learned means. that yesterday and uh, <laughs> no cap no cap okay I'll
1: I, know that. I did is. not
0: know no lie Mm-mm. no lie when somebody says no cap it means no lie oh like they're not oh. lying like like really, got it. And I was like, "Oh, okay. I didn't know what that meant. Okay, okay. Like I felt like so old, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> so I'm. I guess I'm gonna have to get a urban dictionary or something because I feel I, I feel like I'm getting old. Like I don't even know the slang anymore. I'm like, okay, okay, but yeah. So, but it's good to see that you do relax. That's what you do. You oh like, yeah, being totally. Being family and um, yes. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Mhm. So how can um so we're gonna do a lightning round. I like to do a okay. lightning round and I ask you three questions and it's fun. And you tell me so would you rather and then you tell me what you would rather out of the choices that I give you. Okay. So <laughs> So would you rather, legal Zoom or Rocket Lawyer? Rocket lawyer. Rocket Lawyer. Okay. Okay. Um I don't know if you drink, but white or brown liquor? White. White, white. Okay. Uh, Mariah Carey or Jennifer Lopez? Mariah. Mariah, okay. Uh, Fantasia or Jennifer Hudson? (laughs) Fantasia. (laughs) Fantasia, okay, okay. So this, this next one might throw you off a little bit. Um, so Jesse Smollett or Tawana Brawley? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Tawana,
0: Tawana, really? Mhm. Wow. i I'm I'm writing for Jesse, even though he, he allegedly, because we gotta always use that word. Um, yes. Allegedly. I say allegedly. I say allegedly. I, that's like my favorite word. Allegedly <laughs> lied. I feel bad for him. Like he he did it for you know he lied, but he ain't the first person to lie. But why are you why are you riding with Tawana instead of just Jess, Jesse? First of all, how did the other people get a
1: check? Why did you use I have? Uh, why did you use a noose uh, out of all the other things? You know what I mean? Why did you identify the brothers who you allegedly? hired, you know, like you didn't think they was going to roll over on you. I'm actually thinking, like if I was his lawyer, I would have him uh, medically diagnosed. I would immediately, immediately.
0: Immediately, immediately. 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 Yeah, I think something's going on with the brain. I would, rehab or something. Oh, I was high, I was high on whatever. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Rehab, it's a rehab, like ASAP. (laughs) But Tawana Bali also said, if I remember she also now I'm a woman of a certain age and I'm glad you mm-hmm. remember because some of the youngers might have been like, Who is Tawana Bali? But if you remember <laughs> if I remember correctly, she also <laughs> said that some Caucasian men, you know, threw her in the trash or whatever. Mhm. So okay, so you so you ride with Tawana on this one, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. You gotta respect that, okay.
1: Well I, I mean she and then she didn't implicate African Americans.
0: No, she didn't. But Jesse said that his attackers were Caucasian, right? He said they were Caucasian. Well, but he identified the two brothers. He was like, oh, yeah, that looks like them. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, he identified them Mm -hmm. in the lineup? I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess he has to keep up with the alleged lie. Uh, the alleged. But the but the check yeah. when I heard about
1: the check, I was like, that's not that's not natural. I was like, everyone's thinking about the mens rea. I want them to uh-huh. think about his mental issues.
0: Yes, yes. Just, there's obviously something deeper going on there. Maybe even pull Ayama into this and and ooh, give him you yes. know, fix my life. Yeah. You gotta come yes. up with some well, he's got a good lawyer, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably get I mean, I'm not a lawyer. Not a judge, mm-hmm. but more than likely, I hope that he gets some type of probation and doesn't have to face jail time over this. Very unfortunate. I think that he will work again somehow. I, mean, I think he will work again. I think people will so sorry for him, and he will work again. I'm just like, what the, what the, what the heavenly father is going on? He's one of
1: eleven kids. You know, know. he's. I mean, very it's a whole bunch of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm just successful. like. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking something happened, something triggered. I hope and pray that it wasn't yeah, about yeah. him not receiving coin because now he's really not getting coin. You know no, what I mean? Right. i yeah. you had all. You had the platform. You had. He was singing with, Mar- with Mariah last year, and now what? What? Who? Yeah, who does yeah. that? Yeah. Right. So we'll see. I all, at this point, it's all alleged. But for him, yeah, yep. If it is going, if, if 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 you know, if if he knows that he's guilty, he needs to stop um, bashing the the, yeah, the, yeah. the the um the Chicago police because ultimately he's going to have to cop a plea with the uh
0: with the DA. Right, right, right. Chicago DA. So the if less, yeah. Private, so the less
1: yeah. he says, the better.
0: Because most people yeah, yeah.
1: want to always, always, always have a conversation. Because I used to be a trial attorney, and I used to mm-hmm. be like, "I need you to shut up. You don't yeah. say a word. Just answer the question
0: that is before you. Mm-hmm. Nothing else." Right, right. That's, mm-hmm. Yep, that's yep. Don't offer any extra information. Just ask, answer the question. <laughs> don't say anything extra. Um, and, and, yeah. and people always do because we
1: don't like the silence. If you yes. ever want to make someone nervous,
0: just leave dead silence. Dead silence. Okay. Mhm. I have to remember that. But, um, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Tony. I will, thank you for everyone, having don't me. Don't worry, I will put all of Tony's contact information in the show notes. So, just tell us really quickly your website and your Instagram handles. Yes. Handles. So
1: the website. The website is LegallyChic360.com, LegallyChic360.com. Find all the legal goody goodies, information, the Legally Chic playbook. And the Instagram handle is just my name, is MS, or Master Strategist, Tony Moore, T-O-N-I-M-O-O-R-E, MS, Tony Moore. And that's on all, oh, like, nice. you can find me on social media under MS, Tony Moore. Yes, tell
0: us Mhm. Across all platforms. Across all platforms, yeah. Okay. Very nice. Well, thank you so much. And Thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yes. Thank you so much. So sort of Key Conversations. I'm your host, Key Reeves, and I'm signing off. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Key Reeves, K-E-I-R-E-E-V-E-S. Until next time, I appreciate you all.